Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I say this with all love, like you're my sister. You look tired, girl. I am exhausted. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like looking at myself in this being like, dang, she haggard. See, Don't I'm going to get hate from YouTube, people for saying man. that, but I love you enough to be able to say that. And I'm probably one of the few who can get away with it besides maybe Matt. A thousand percent. Absolutely. I remember that meme. Well, I mean, that's a really hard question to ask you, isn't it? But oh, like my favorite meme, you know, the Britney Spears one, mm-hmm. it's my favorite meme that you've ever done. Ever. Yeah. And, a thousand percent. and I caught so that much is- help for that. They're like, I can't believe you're making fun of Nikki for wearing makeup. And I'm like, you don't, you guys don't even understand. <laughs> they don't even know. And it doesn't it like totally fit right now too, because like, you know, I come off event weekends and I've like, I got a spray tan before I went. I did my hair and makeup every day. And then we get back on this podcast and I'm like, oh, I just woke up. What's up? Oh, bro. <laughs> I got home. I got home from Miami. And uh, the first day I was comatose. I mean, yeah. literally the the day after. So I get up in the morning, full intention. I was smart enough to take the day off of work. That was. Oh, wow. One- I'm jealous. Yeah, that was the one. I, you know, I'm a pro. I've done this before. I knew what that week was going to look like, and so yeah, I took know. I took the day off of work. I uh, I get home. I had every intention of getting up early, making breakfast, getting right back into my routine, right, like right back mm-hmm. in it. I get up, make a pot of coffee. Can't leave the couch except for coffee. Coffee well, does no good. None. Oh no, no. I, mess- I message my coach. I'm like. I'm not coming to the noon class. I, we had a call, like a, a call scheduled for the gym at one thirty, and, you know, for some business stuff. And I'm like, I'll come in the afternoon. And, uh, and, and yeah, that didn't happen. Like I, w- I didn't move until almost 4 PM. Swear oh. to God. It was now, was that from, from being sore from the gauntlet or from travel or like I was fine from the gauntlet. Like I had, you know, I'm sure we'll get into that. I was like, so fully trained and ready to go. Like I had a little bit of soreness the day after. And then I was fine after that. The hardest working member of my entourage in Wadapalooza was my liver. And that was the problem. Mm. We did a lot mm. of drinking I should say I did a lot of drinking <laughs> and it's not my fault. I'm walking through the hotel and uh, inevitably, somebody will go, "Oh, look, it's the meme guy. Come over here." And next thing you know, they're buying me drinks, and can't say um, no. Can't say Definitely no. Definitely can't say out no. Till two in the morning, and yeah. sitting at the hotel bar in the Intercontinental, which is a pretty nice hotel bar. And uh, you know, I like chatting with people. I like finding out about their yeah. lives and where they're from. And and next thing you know, man, you're you know three or four drinks deep, and go to bed and you play that game of, all right, I'm going to lay down and we're going to see if this room is going to spin or not. (laughs) It never did. It never did. Hey, you're a professional. I am. I'm a pro, but you know, I, I lead a moderately healthy life for the most part. And, uh, four or five days in a row, I'm like, yep, I'm feeling my age now. This is, uh, I can't, can't party like I was 25. So it was rough. Do you think you're going to get back to the routine that you had, which was at, at first, I would say like focused around the gauntlet, but now, I mean, you, there's other stuff. There's oh, yeah. the open and whatever, but there's also just just getting used to it and living that way. Just life, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it's funny you say that. So the goal all along has not been the gauntlet. The goal all along has been the open. 
Got it. The gauntlet uh, was just kind of a pass through. It's like the thought was initially, you know, last year during the open, I did really well in the open. I want to say I was 87th, 88th percentile. So I missed um, quarterfinals by a small number. And, right. uh, you know, I, of those three workouts, I think I only did one of them twice. Like I, I was kind of one and done. And so I, I had a little bit of a regret because I didn't really train for the open last year. Like, I, I mean, other than just my normal everyday training. And uh, so I went to my coaches back in, it would have been late August and was looking for nutrition training because I wanted to, or nutrition coaching because I wanted to get through Christmas without coming out the other side full of ho-hos and cookies and, and 10 pounds heavier than I wanted to be. Like and, the rest of us. Yeah. And, and so the goal was get me ready for the open. And so they started training me and that turned into the gauntlet. And so now that the gauntlet's over, you know, I'm right back into the routine. I mean, like I, the only thing I did on uh, Monday when I was back um, or smartly did on Tuesday actually was uh, I had groceries delivered because I was too tired mm -hmm. to go to the grocery store and swear to God, I delivered like four pounds of chicken and rice and vegetables. And I've been on the chicken and rice train all week long, like right back into my leading with protein nutrition and Greek yogurt and, and, um, kind of getting back after it in the gym. So great. right now the goal is the open. That's it. That's awesome. I think that's, that's, I love that. That's great. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm, ex I'm kind of excited for the open. This other part of me is like, you know, the open creates anxiety for me a little bit. So there's, it's just the unknown, you know? So it's like, I don't know, maybe it's just nervous anxiousness is the best way to think of it, but I trust Boz. He does a great job programming and I bet it's fun okay. and I always have fun in the open. So right now I'm just like, my coach is like, you're ready. And I'm like, eh, am I though? Am, am I? I? <laughs> am I? I, I, did you see the little cute little characters that CrossFit made this year for the open? Yes. Yep. Where it's like one of them is anxious, Annie anxious Annie. or something. Yeah yeah. 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 That's totally me too. But I will say that I have much less anxiety now that it's three weeks and not five or whatever. Yeah, I agree with that. Five seems a little long to me. I know people miss the five weeks um, and there are parts Ooh. that are fun. I think there are a lot of people. Five weeks? Really? A lot of people, well, I mean, when you think about it, you know, you pay your money and you used to get five weeks and now you get three. And so I'm sure there are plenty of people that are like, you know, cost average that and they're like, all right, well, I'm losing money in the deal. Um, I always thought five was a bit much on my body because those, you know, it's, you're talking about going to the red line five times. Yeah. And I don't do that in any month, let alone no. during the open. Right. You know, so three is better on my body. Um, I also think you can absolutely figure out who's going, should go to quarterfinals in three workouts. If you, yeah. if you program it correctly, now you can absolutely screw it up and get the wrong people in quarters. But I, I think that Boz is kind of a genius when it comes to programming. So I'm sure Seriously. it'll be fine. Yeah. I don't, no, I, I totally agree. I doubt he'll get it right. But, Fun. That'll be good. Yeah. So you're not going to scale this year in the open? No, no, no. I'm trying to make quarters. I'm on RX. So whatever happens, Let's happens, I guess. Let's I mean, do it. This is as fit as, and strong as I've ever been. So I say that sure, like humbly, like I'm not like bragging like I'm super fit. It's just like I feel the best I've ever felt. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think the gauntlet was a good indication that I should do well. I mean, I was competing against younger people and I – I thought my placement was good and I had, you know, two, three of those five workouts I did real well in and, uh, you know, one, 
not as well as I would have liked to, arguably. And the other one was a mental error. So um, Elise says, congrats. Thanks, Elise. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so it's just, you know, it's a learning lesson. And so hopefully that carries over to the gauntlet. But, you know, yeah. you know I mean, I'm sorry, over to the open. But you never know. Never we know. haven't we haven't published those episodes that we recorded live yet, nope. right? Okay, cool. Nope. So let's let's re, re another recap. I think we'll we did get to record a couple episodes live while we were there, and we did talk about like John's experience and what was going on in the gauntlet. But since those haven't aired yet, can you tell the people what they want to know? How did you place? How did you do? Yeah, so I, I finished eleventh out of like sixty three. Um, I had three That's top huge. ten finishes. Yeah, Yay. three top ten finishes, which I was really excited about. Uh, two that were in the top five, I felt, or actually in the top three, which I felt really good about that. Um, it was a weird experience. I'll just go through them. Like the first workout was a three rep front squat. It was supposed to be from the rack. And when we got there, they're like, well, we don't have racks. So you're doing it from the floor. Oh shit. And that changes a lot. Yeah, it did. And it, it actually, this was, that was the event. Like originally going in like front squats are not really my jam, but I'm like, I'm in the scale division. So I'll just hope for the best, you know? I was kind of hoping for the 50th percentile thinking that, you know, there are others just going to be some big boys in there. That'll be stronger than me, but I'll be able to outpace them in cardio because I'm not as big. Like sure. that's kind of how the open works, right? Like in a three week open, if you have a heavy lift, all the big boys lift really heavy, but they can't do shit in cardio typically. Like they're bad at yeah. double unders and handstand pushups and the things I kind of excel in. So that's what I was hoping for. So uh, when I went out there in the warm up area, we were warming up, uh, just doing squat cleans at like 185, 195. Felt really good, but the gap between um, the warm-up area and the floor was about 15 to 20 minutes, right? And so in my mind, I'm like, all right, what I want to do is go out and make one lift. It's that you have six minutes to establish this three rep. So I'm like, I'm going to make one lift. I'm going to go. Not as heavy as I can, but heavy enough that it won't impact me in a skilled division because there should not be a lot of people around me that are going to outlift me and beat me in those other areas, right? Okay. okay. Calculated risk. And so I went out on the floor. I loaded the bar at 200, hit my lift, and was done. And then I had basically five minutes to rest. Where that was a mistake is there were a whole bunch of boys out there lifting at like 275 and were really good at cardio. Oh, so, you know, I, you know, I don't want to say they didn't belong in the scale division, but at 275, maybe you need to consider intermediate. It's just my, because <laughs> I am nowhere. Like, I don't even like to deadlift 275, let alone clean it. Um, but, uh, you know, so if I had lifted what I'm capable of, which is easily 225, it would have given me an additional, you know, 15 points or something, mm -hmm. which would have been enough to get me to the finals. Cause I missed the finals by seven points. Um, which is that good or bad? <laughs> well, no, it's not bad because, because then I didn't have, to, I didn't want to do anything on Saturday. I wanted to drink a party on Friday. Right, so, it was right. fine. Uh, so that was the first event. Second event was uh, I finished third in the second event. It was uh, three hang snatches, three overhead squats, 30 drag rope singles. And then it goes six and six and 30, nine to nine and 30, 12 and 12 and 30, and so on and so forth. Um, I got through, if I remember right, the round of 18. And it was like a nine minute time cap. So you got to hustle. Like you got to yeah. move. And it's really just like, it isn't that you have to hustle, you just can't stop. Does that make sense? Like, and you mm -hmm. have to make, you have to take smart breaks 
to not exhaust yourself in areas. You know, it's kind of like um, I went into it on the same theory of how you do DT, right? Where you have Got 12 it. deadlifts, yep. nine and six, and you should break at 11. So you only have to do one more deadlift and then right into the hangs. That's how I treated it. And it seemed to pay off. Um, it was right in the heat of the day, 3 p.m. It was hot as balls out there. And, you know, looking back on it, I mean, I'm really happy with the placement, so I'm not going to complain, but I exhausted myself like in the heat. Like I didn't uh, anticipate how that heat would feel compared mm-hmm. to up here in Ohio. Like there's a huge difference, you know, like, again, it sounds like an excuse, but it's not really an excuse. Like it's just part of the game. And, you know, I've been training here in Ohio in a gym where it's, you know, inside the gym is 45 degrees and outside it's 20 degrees. So, right. uh, you know, I have not felt the heat and, you know, I know I appear as if I'm just sunbaked all the time, but I'm really not. Constantly. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> so it was rough. Uh, so I really exhausted myself. Uh, and then, so going into the next workout, which was 21, 15, nine, six, three of sandbag cleans at, or D ball cleans at 70 pounds and burpees over a 18 inch hurdle. Um, that was the event bluntly. I thought, all right, I can go out and get a top five finish in this. And I finished 31st. Like it was so hot. No I mean, shit. I'm sitting there whole, and this is like, that's, I had, that's the only one of the five workouts I actually tested. Huh. Like I, t- I knew my time going in. I'm like, all right, I should be sub 11 minutes. I should be, you know, around the 10 minute mark. The guy who won it f- finished at like 931. So I would have been, if I had done what I did in testing, I would have been there, but it was so hot. Like at some point I looked down at my watch and cause I had my uh, heart monitor on and it was running like 176 beats per minute. Now keep in mind, I normally run at about 145. So an extra mm-hmm. 30 beats per minute means you are overheating, you know? And I'm like holding my knees and my coach is yelling at me. And I literally just hold, I don't even look at her, just hold my hand out to the side and I'm like, shut up, Jen. Like, I'm not, uh, nope, not moving. I can't move any faster. And it took me like 14, almost 14 and a half minutes against a 15 minute time cap. Hmm. So, you know, I, I finished right in the middle of the pack and beat the time cap, but man, it sucks so bad. And then you get like, hmm. I want to say, uh, it was probably a four, four and a half minute break. Cause of the 30 seconds at the end of, um, of that workout and then another four minutes and you go into a thousand meter row. And it was on an assault rower, which, by the way, the assault rower sucks. It is so yeah. hard. Um, and but I was expecting that to be my probably my one of my best events because I'm I've got long arms, long legs. I'm tall, you know, or you know, for a CrossFitter, I'm tall. And um, and I had smartly gone and talked to the people at the assault booth because I've never ridden an assault rower. Like I. When I found out they were assault rowers, I actually texted the owner of assault, Tracy, who's been on our show. And I'm like, hey, Tracy, can you tell me the differences between the C2 and the assault rower? And she's like, yeah, ours is better and the seat's more comfortable. I'm like, not mm. what I'm looking for. Not helpful, <laughs> yeah. but okay, cool. Yeah, not helpful, but I appreciate your confidence. Um, and so I um, I went to the guy who runs the booth. And I'm like, hey, tell me about this thing. And he's like, yeah. it's all leg drive. He's like, it has no dampener. It's just leg drive. You can't game it. You just have to go hard. Just find a pace and stick with it. Oh, but I love to game it. That's the only way I row. Well, that was the thing that, you know, like I have like three or four different movements I can do on a C2 rower to make it move and still come in in the time I wanted. And I, you know, everyone's done a thousand meter row before 
if you've done CrossFit for any amount of time. So I kind of had a sense of where I should come in, but I knew it would be slower. So I'm sitting on this rower and I am dying. Like mm. it's like a thousand degrees. I've just overheated in event three. I'm like, there's like all that self doubts coming in. You'll never finish this in the time you want. Like, and then uh, some woman walked by with a big car or a big handful of cold bottled water. And I could tell they were cold because they're all beaded with sweat. Yeah. And I tapped my judge on the shoulder. I'm like, get me one of those bottles of water. And this dude, man, he's like a lifesaver. He ran over and grabbed me one and I chugged it and I felt my entire core body temp drop. Yeah. Like almost immediately. And I'm like, all right, it's on. Let's go. Okay. All right. And, and uh, yeah, I finished second overall in the row. I won my heat. That was like, of all the events, that was the cool moment. And the only way I can like describe it is, uh, you know, you're rowing and I knew I'm getting close and I'm looking around to side to side. Cause there's tall guys on either side of me that I knew should be rowing pretty well. And I'm looking and everybody's still rowing. And I know I'm real close and I finish and the judge throws his hand up and I hear the announcer go, we have an unofficial winner on lane four and I'm on lane four. And I'm like, Holy shit. That's awesome. I just want to, hell eat, you know? yeah. So I thought that was cool. That was a really cool moment. I wish I was there to do an interview. <laughs> they weren't allowing interviews. Um, and then we got to the the fifth workout, and I had a strategy for this one. So this one was an interesting workout. It was um, basically three rounds, but it was an AMRAP. And you would start okay. over if you finished the third round, but I knew no one would finish the third round. 12-minute AMRAP. First round was 11 uh, dumbbell bench at 50 pounds, so two dumbbells at 50 each. Uh two rope pulls from the ground. So we weren't doing rope climbs. We were doing rope pulls, which I thought was a little weird, but they're super easy. And then you do 33 pull-ups in the second round, you repeat the first two movements and then you do 22 chest to bar pull-ups. And in the third round, you repeat the first two movements and you do 11 muscle-ups, bar muscle-ups. And so my division. Yep. Yep. Mm. And so, yeah, that's what I said. That's why I thought the rope pulls were weird. I'm like, you got rope pulls, but you're still going to ask us to do muscle ups. I'm like, all right. So my, my theory was, is that, all right, well, very few people in the skill division will be able to do muscle ups. So all I need to do is pace this thing, keep my heart rate down and be ready to do at least one muscle up. That was my entire game plan from start to finish. I know, I think my judge probably thought I was so exhausted. I couldn't move, but that wasn't the case. Like I was doing my my bench unbroken. And then I'm taking long breaks on all of my pull-ups in every set. And I think, you know, my judge is like, oh, what's wrong with this guy? But I was pacing myself trying to get to that 11 minute mark so I could do muscle ups at 11 minutes. And I did. And I got a muscle up at 11 minutes and had a 10th place finish for one there muscle you up. Yeah. You know, and truthfully, like two or three muscle ups would only have gotten me a couple of extra points. It would not have moved me up enough on the leaderboard to, to make a huge difference to get me into the finals. But uh, it did make a big difference between finishing 11th and finishing 18th, yeah. or 19th, you know, something like that. So, uh, and, and, you know, something pretty cool about getting a muscle up in front of a crowd. Hell I mean, yeah. I'll be honest. I stayed on top of the bar a little longer than I should have. <laughs> I should have come down quicker. I was waiting for a cheer that never came. So, oh, well. But it was cool. It was a very cool moment. Um and to the point of interviewing, like I tried to walk off the wrong way and they're like trying to steer me out the right way. And I'm too exhausted to know what the hell they're telling me. It was a really funny thing. It's like, I don't know how games athletes do this. Like I was praying for death half a dozen times 
Mm-hmm. These guys just make it look so easy. I, I feel like I owe every single one of them an apology. So, and then, and then you have me in your face being like, how do you feel? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I don't know how they do that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess there's an adrenaline moment cause there were certainly moments in there where, you know, adrenaline was carrying me and there was moments in that middle workout where I was just like, I, I don't know how I got through it other than just, I was trained enough. Like when I look back at the video, I'm moving fine. Hmm. burpees look good jumps look fine sandbags look fine i'm just so hot just dying you know um so i don't know it was fun i think it's one and done i'm not sure i'd ever do it again but it was a well run event and um probably my only if you know these are critiques and i know they've got space issues and whatever the warm-up area was a long way from uh, where the event was and you have a long time between warm up and the event. So that's a little bit of a hassle. The warm up area was kind of disjointed and like hard to find space. Again, it's a big event. Like I'm not blaming them. It's just like things I didn't know to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the only part I thought could be improved that was weird is you don't actually get the briefing until five minutes before you're out on the floor. Hmm. Like quite literally, like you're about to walk out on the floor and they're telling you what the workouts are. Now they've announced the workouts and we've seen them, but we, you know, we had been given no briefing. So we had, I honestly had no idea if we were going to do rope climbs or rope pulls. I didn't know how high the hurdle was going to be. I didn't know what kind of barbells we were going to be using. Like the fact we were using shorter barbells was a mystery until we got out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Every competition uses the shorty bars because of space issues from what I understand. I liked them. Yeah. They're interesting. They feel, they whip different. Well, I like them because I I uh, have two barbells here at home. I have the 35 and the um, 45, and the 35 most commonly referred to as women's bar uh, as a short, a smaller diameter for grip. And so I use it for snatches because I can lock in on a hook grip better. You know, like I just prefer it. And those shorty bars had the same diameter, and so they were mm-hmm. great. You know, like and they're better for cleans too. So yeah, I liked it. I know you know some of the other athletes. Like I saw Hiller complaining that he couldn't get all of his weights on the bar, and Ben had the same problem in his heat. Like the because they're short, there's only so much weight you can put on them. You know, and if you can lift over 300 pounds, you're kind of screwed. You know, so you know, not a problem in the scale division, but still, it's just kind of an interesting, interesting problem to have. That's interesting. I didn't realize that they didn't brief you guys because the other, like, you know, elites is really all that I know because it's all that I've followed and they always have like full on briefing sessions morning of or night before or whatever. But I'm guessing there's just so many athletes in so many different community divisions that they don't have the manpower to be able to. And also like you guys don't have the scheduling capabilities. Like you committed to being there to work out for an hour, you know, had they been like, you also must be here. You also (laughs) must be here like that probably also would have been difficult just given that it's a community event. So, but I understand why that's tough for you from an athlete's point of view to go out there and be like, what are we doing when right now? Okay. Literally not a, it was not a complaint on my part. Like I fully yeah. understand. It's just like, because it's my first time competition, it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Um, it was cool though. Actually, uh, Bruce is in the chat aid, Bruce, uh, real name's Alonzo. He was a judge and then the lane next to me and we had never met before until <gasps> like the middle of the workout. I'm like, Hey, I know you We're like high five. Oh, so out, there, out there dying, you know? Um, 
that's what's great about these community events though is like you meet people you've never met before and you have moments like that where you meet people on the competition floor you've never mm-hmm. seen before you know mm-hmm. in person um which was a lot of fun so uh you know i really appreciated that and um you know just kind of the i don't know the excitement of being able to look in the stands and see people that you don't know but you know they're there to watch you and yeah they're taking videos and pictures and whatever yeah. i can uh, i can see the allure of why people want to do the sport. I am not one of those people, but, but I appreciate why people want to, cause it's cool. It's a cool moment. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely like, it puts you in a different mindset. It like hypes you up for everything that we do and all the options that we have and the weight, different ways you can compete and get involved. And it's look so nice. fun. Alonzo, I said it was a favorite part of the weekend. That, uh, I'd like to say it was mine, but the drinking was my favorite part, but that part was well, awesome. Too. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Um, now that was a very cool moment for me to like, you know, you have online friends and then you're on the floor and you're like, Hey, online friend, what's going on? High five. And, you know, and it's also cool that all these people are volunteering. It's not like these judges are getting you know paid to do this. They're showing oh. up out of the goodness of their heart to be out on the floor and help us. And my judge for the record was freaking awesome. Mm. Like I love that dude. And he, he was not, I, you know, he was not giving me bro reps. I never got no rep for the record. And Hiller, if you see this, you can go back and watch the video if you can find it. I think my reps were good. Um, He's not but, watching this. Yeah, I know. He like, like, you never know. <laughs> you know. I ran into him. We're friends. You never know. Um, but, you know, I, I did feel like he was, you know, he was watching me intently and being very uh, thoughtful about what I was doing and, and, uh, and giving me good guidance, but he was also, you know, talking to me in between the workouts and keeping my spirits up. And at some point he gave me the greatest compliment ever. I, I want to say we we're starting workout five and he leaned in he's like, Hey dude, how old are you? And, uh, I'm like, I'm 52. And he goes, man, you wouldn't know it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, that's really nice. You know, it's just a really nice, compliment to get it you know and, and maybe we should just ask and see if i was still lucid and wasn't about to pass out i guess that's possible too but <laughs> what day is it and who is the yeah. president also how that's old true. are you yeah exactly exactly so you know that but that was really cool you know to have a judge that you could tell like just does it because he loves the sport you yeah, know and just that's... And wants to be out there so that's our that entire cool. community it's crazy when i try to like explain to people the almost like the business or like the operations side of CrossFit and of, of live events. And truly no one understands it. Truly. I don't understand it. I'm like, all right, picture it. It's like a massive event. People from all over the world spend hard earned money to fly there and attend and watch. And it is run primarily like 90% on people who volunteer their time, they pay their own way. They maybe hard, maybe get an event t-shirt and potentially a pair of shoes. They get their shit. Not all the time. Everybody. (laughs) Yeah. So so I hear allegedly shitty. I didn't get a pair, so I can't speak to it. (laughs) I want to tell you something funny. I was walking around downtown. I was walking around downtown. I forget when it was. It was like right at a couple of days, like right at the end of the event weekend. And there were just a pair of those running shoes up on top of like a garbage can downtown, just randomly sitting there all beat up. I'm like, man, somebody hated those shoes so much. He just left them on a garbage can somewhere. 
It's weird. It's, it's weird what happened. And I, I really actually hate that this happened because I was stoked to get a pair of these. Um, but yeah, yeah, we all got like the volunteers got runners and a lot of the staff got either runners or trainers and kind of across the board, all of the backs of our heels were rubbing and like rubbing the skin off kind of the way that sometimes new shoes do sometimes shoes that like just don't fit right. Or you got to break them in or whatever, or sometimes, sometimes they're not good shoes. I don't know, but like it was really across the board. And so I was putting band-aids on the back of my heels because I like, you know, I had to wear them, but I just wanted to break them in and it, they weren't staying on. So I went to the medical tent and they had cut little moleskin patches, like little circular moleskin patches for everyone. But they, and I swear at the time they had the stack, like they must've had like 300 of them. Oh. And I came back the next day to get new ones because like you get dirt in them or you sweat in them oh. and the edges were coming off and they gave me new ones and a, an alcohol wipe. And they were like, you got to clean your skin really well before you put these on. So they stay for the next two days because we're out. Oh wow! Because so many people needed them. And I'm like, I just don't get it. Is it like, is it because you got to break them in and they're new or because they just don't fit our feet right? Because I bought Matt tear shoes for his birthday in December and he wears the shit out of them and he loves them. I bought him the trainers. Yeah, so, I have the trainers. They're great. And I'm not shitting on tear. Like I, you know, I, they ran a great event. We have no, I don't anyway. I know you did the, you worked the event, but I have no connection to them whatsoever. So, you know, I'm going to give my opinion. Um, but their shoes are great. The pair I have, I love, you know, yeah, I just heard I don't know. I think I just, about the runners. I just think I need to break them in or like maybe wear tall. Cause I was wearing like no shows and maybe just wear taller socks with them. I heard somebody complaining. They thought they were like factory seconds or something like maybe imperfects. Um, Oh, I don't get that vibe at all. I think that sometimes sometimes a stiffer shoe just needs to be broken in or a shoe with more ankle support. I felt the same way about the Reebok uh, Nano 11s where they they were like a little bit higher up around the ankle and I just needed to wear like a different sock with them, but they're wicked comfortable. But yeah, yeah, the shoes themselves are wicked comfortable. And I'll tell you what, no sneaker is comfortable to stand in for like 14 hours, which is how long my days were. But I didn't get any of the, like the bottoms of my feet were not sore the way that they have been in the past when I had to wear like nano fours at regionals all day or whatever. So I actually really liked the trainers, but it was just funny that we were all like so many of us volunteers and staff were having the same heel issue, which was hilarious. And I was like, Matt, like, why didn't this happen to you? Like you've been wearing these shoes since December. He loves them. Yeah, I don't know. I I have ideas like, you know, maybe it's the terrain and the change of climate. Like the rads yeah, I was maybe. wearing, you know, I had those uh, and a new pair of rads, and I've been training in a pair of rads and had zero problems with them, and I still love all of them. But um, the new pair I wore were hurting my left foot for some reason. Yeah, just randomly, and then I'd take them off and it go away. So my foot's not hurt. It was like clearly there's something going on here, like either the way they're laced up or. You know, who knows? And they got yeah. dirty as hell. Like everything down there was filthy. So dirty. I left one morning um, and Matt texted me and was like, you tracked sand all up into our hotel room. And I was like, I don't even know where that, what did I even step on sand? Where is there sand? No idea. Well, I would say like in spite of that shoe thing, I thought you put on a really good event. Oh I, my um, God. So good. Yeah. I, I thought it was as good as any years past. Um 
you know, obviously it's still alive and loud. Um, but I, I thought their like sponsorship it. was good. I thought their booth was good. I thought Vendor Village was great. I thought the oh my events, God, so fun. events so ran fun. a while. Like, you know, yeah. how was your experience calling the sidelines? I, I hate to admit it, but I didn't actually watch any of the competitions. So yeah, I missed it's fine. It's totally fair. Um, it was amazing. I loved it. This is like one of my absolute favorite events and it's been so long since I've had a chance to work it. Actually, the last time I worked it, there was no free stream. I worked for Flow Elite and it was like, just, it felt like a different world. Um, so it was so fun. We had just the best grade A, like first class production team um, the group called Hamilton Rose with with Charlie Doobie and and their live their live sort of like arm with Mike Roth and then of course like all the people you know and love on the broadcast like Sean and Bill and Chase it was just like the dream team really um, we can do anything put together our team can do anything. And so we were not without, you know, the craziness and hassle of live TV where like things change at the last minute and you're battling all sorts of elements that you have no control over. Um, but I just, I'm really proud of what we were able to put together. And I just think the more, the more events that can like bring the people together who really know what they're doing and not only from experience, but also because of just like pure heart like we right. will do anything because we love it so much. And it's just like, it doesn't matter what goes sideways. Like we can handle it. And I just think that's really special. And so I had a great, I had a great time and in my whole family with me, which was so fun. And I never saw them. How is that even possible? That's disgusting. I hate that. I don't even know how that's possible. I should have texted Matt. I don't like, usually yeah. I just run, like, the place isn't that big. I don't know how I didn't run into him. Well, I'll tell you how he didn't spend a ton of time there because, and this is kind of sad. So like Matt, <laughs> oh my God, you guys, people, everyone needs to send Matt like a high five DM. Just be like, you did a great job. Matt was so on baby duty the entire week that we were down there. And like, he really didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the events because honestly, because it was too loud. It was like too loud for yeah, a baby. Very loud. It, yeah. yeah. Super loud. And, um, so he really just like, you know, perused Vendor Village a little and like saw me a little bit and like hung out and watched like a heat or two, but mainly like took Hunter around Miami in the stroller. They'd spent a ton of time on playgrounds. Um, they hit up one empanada joint over and over because Hunter nice. lives an empanada. You and it was right next door. That'd be awesome. Yeah, totally. They did all day strip club stuff. Um, no, the, the empanada joint was right next to um, a cocktails to go place. That was Perfect. like Matt's new favorite thing. Cause apparently you can do that in Miami. You can just like walk around with oh, drinks. I love it. Yeah. So he would go, he would send me a picture every day of Hunter holding an empanada and him holding like a rum runner in a to-go cup. So that's <laughs> like a good day. Hey, he's living his, living his best life. So, um, so I was just really grateful. Like it was really fun having them. And he had a good time in that, like, like you said, like vendor village is so fun and the experience is wonderful and everyone is kind. And like, you know, we ran into some internet friends and real life friends and people we hadn't seen in forever, but like, I kind of just felt bad that he didn't really get a chance to experience Wadapalooza as much as I wanted him to, as much as he probably wanted to. So we decided two things. First, we decided that like probably games and Wadapalooza are like the two big fun events that like the whole fam mm -hmm. is going to go to. Um, 
and that we also decided to like bring a sitter with us that's a good time. point like bring my mom or something like that you know what I mean to just kind of like help so that everyone can get a little bit of a break um, and so Matt can actually like watch the events, but I just right. felt bad that I was like, Hey, can you come to Miami with me to Wadapalooza and actually not go to Wadapalooza? And Oh, I have a party on Saturday night. And if you could just go to bed at 7 PM with the baby, that would be great. Thanks. Nice. I should bring <laughs> one of my daughters. They'd do baby duty for you. Yeah. hundred percent. Exactly. And there were, there were very sweet people who <laughs> offered, including the Paulsons. God love, love the Paulsons. Oh, you should have taken oh, them up. They'd be perfect. Uh, I know. And Rothy offered to like, we did think about it, but it was just, he, Hunter was sleeping like such crap, like total, total garbage. Anyone with kids listening knows that the 18 month sleep regression is so real. Yep. So that means that, that means that the next event, like if I get called to semis, which I really hope that I am, but I, I, I won't know probably for a couple months, that'll probably be my first time away, like away, away for real, more than like a two day work trip or something. And so also means I'm going to like, try to figure out how to deal with like night weaning or at least getting better sleep between now and the spring, which is a huge mom goal, milestone, whatever. And is currently causing me lots of anxiety. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Well, if you go to semis, particularly the Orlando one, my girls are coming with me for that one. (gasps) If you wanted to bring Hunter... I'm going to have a 21 and 18 year old with me or a 19 year old that could fill in some. You know, it's interesting. It was interesting to hear Matt talk about how like he had a really good time, but he doesn't want to come to like every event with us. And he's ready to also, yeah, it's totally fair. And he was like also ready. He's ready to have like alone time, him and Hunter like home, which they've never had before. They never be able to have like, they never had like a bro weekend where Um, I don't know if you know this um, every time. I've been working for CrossFit what for like 10 years now. Every time I leave for an event for a weekend, Matt has a ritual. He goes to Trader Joe's and he buys what he calls bachelor food. Right? Which That's is a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Well, what do you think it is? Because I guarantee he does not buy what you think it is. Oh, I've no, I'm sure. Well, yeah, I don't know. I would think it's Pop Tarts and Hot Pockets and frozen pizzas and uh you know, things that are easy to make. What's he buy? Frozen fish sticks. Mm. <laughs> Same thing, frozen food. Yeah, yeah things frozen are easy. Food. Pop them in the oven, you're done. Like, yeah. things you don't make for your girl, but, you know, things you make for yourself. Yeah, and things you don't eat often. So that's, he like always has had like a really fun time yeah. doing that for himself. And so I think he's like stoked to do that with the baby and have like a little bro time at home. Well, so Nikki, we'll see. All the- all dudes are like, yeah, baby, I can cook. And in reality, they're making fish sticks. All right. I so, mean. And, and when the girl's coming over, they're whipping out some sort of recipe book and like just pulling it out of their ass to make it look like they actually like to do this shit, but they're not, you know? So I know mm-hmm. like bachelor food it is code for easy, easy food. Yeah. So it's frozen yeah, pizza. And junk food. Like, yeah. Pop tarts, chips, dip. Yeah, yep. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hunter's going to be living his best life those weeks, man. He is. He is. He's already king of the puffs. That's like all he ate the entire time. Oh, can I tell you this? The reason why we traveled great. He traveled great. He's so amazing. Like we're so lucky. But the reason that he traveled great is because I like, I like anxiety mom packed snacks. Like we were going away for three months with no access to the grocery store. (laughs) 
like every time he like kind of turned his nose up, like he was about to start fussing on the plane. I was like, what do you want? You want puffs? You want drops? You want bars? You want like, I was. You know, some weed gummies. We got those too. You're good to go. Truly. Do you want just straight Benadryl? I have that. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about how awesome our party was. Oh my God. My heart is still so full. All right. First of all, I have to give a shout out to Jessica, who's the owner of Downtown Strength and Conditioning. We're going to have her on the show. I want to have her on the show to talk about it more. Mostly talk about like the great work she's doing in the community and the gym she runs because it's really kind of a special place. But let me give you a rundown of how this went down. So like when you and I started talking, you know, months ago and I like threw the idea at you, hey, what do you think about a happy hour? And as usual, you're like, whatever, Willie, do whatever you want. You know, I (laughs) I was like, yeah. Yeah, sure. What free drinks? Okay, I'm in. So okay. I, uh, so I messaged Jessica, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm wanting to do this, but I'd love to do it at your gym. What do you think?" She quite literally just goes, "I got you." Now I didn't know what that meant. She just goes, "I got you." I'm like, "Okay, okay. you know." So we get close to the event. We hadn't even really talked about it. Like a couple months go by, and I message her, and I'm like, "Hey, we're still going to do this. Can we solidify a time?" And she's like, yeah, let me get with uh, the guy running the event. I forget his name, Dustin or some whatever his name is and figure out, you know, kind of the best time for it. And so she picked the time Saturday night. I'm like, all right, well, let me send you some money and let's start planning. She's like, no, 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 I got you. And again, I don't know what that means. You know, next thing I know, she's gone out and bought 20 bottles of champagne, uh, about, you know, one of those huge bottles of vodka, God knows how many high noons and trulies and like all the basic white bee drinks that CrossFitters drink and, and Modelo's and a couple of rum drinks I'd never heard of before. And, uh, and all of a sudden we just place just full alcohol, you know, and then O2 comes Yeah. And then O2 messaged me and it's like, Hey, we want to be there. And so they come in and so now we're doing mimosas with the champagne and she had, she had a photo booth and high top tables (laughs) <laughs> and, and, a and DJ, a DJ and a light show, a freaking yep. light show. Like, come on. Like, seriously, like Jessica, yeah, I don't know if you're going to hear this, but I love you. Like you it are is. literally my hero and, you know, just props to all the people. Like, I think we had like 350, 400 people that showed up over the course of the three hours. And I was just blown away, like absolutely blown away by the number of people that came and like, how much fun it was. And I got to do my, my basic white dead dance moves. Like it was yes. great. It was super it was fun. So fun. My, I love just meeting people, like meeting internet friends, meeting listeners, meeting people. We'd, I had so many awesome conversations with total strangers who I feel yeah. like are, who I feel like are friends or people. I love when people are like, I feel like I know you. And I'm like, weird. I feel like I know you too. Like, it's not just a one way thing. It's like, I know you listen and we interact on Instagram or wherever. And it's just, it was so special meeting people in real life. I loved it. I loved everything. Uh, Let's do it again. Let's here, have a here, podcast meetup. Uh, here's what was fun for me. So you were ear to ear smiles the entire time you were there. Yeah. And I don't get to see you with people that I would consider fans like very often. Like I know I like we have before, but not in like that kind of a setting. And for me, it was kind of touching to get to see you with people that, you know, really like your work, like what you do, you know, 
And so that was really, and how grateful you were for that was like really cool. And then when Danny was there, so Danny Spiegel shows up and first of all, she's mad at me because she's completely dressed to the, she's dressed to the nine. She looks amazing as Danny always beautiful. Oh my gosh. We walked over from, we walked over from the venue. Like I had like a hat on, it was freezing (laughs) cold and she was in like a beautiful, like, like puffy kind of like, uh, I'm sure it was not real, but like fur coat thing. It could have been real. It could have been real. You don't know with Danny. You just never know. It's true. She looks great. Like Danny's beautiful anyway, but she looked exceptionally beautiful. And she comes in and she's like, you SOB, you didn't tell me this wasn't a dress up party. I'm like, you didn't ask if it was a dress up party. Like, what do you want from me? Uh, But she comes in and we take some photos, but here was my, like, I already knew this about her, but I've never seen it live. So every person that talked to her, Danny acted like that was the only person on the planet that mattered. Yeah. That was it. Like she was so locked into what they're saying. And some of these people were like giving their life story. God bless them. Like telling everything they loved about her and how they've impacted her. And Danny just sat there and listened to every single word. And I'm not talking like one or two people. I'm talking like dozens upon dozens. Like she, like I barely talked to her because she was just constantly getting asked for photos and, and people wanting, you know, five minutes of her time. And it was just really impressive how incredibly grateful she was for each and every person. Like it's, it's very easy when people are telling you how awesome you are to go, yeah, 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 I'm great, you know, and to blow them off. And in her case, it was the opposite. Like you could tell she was humbly just accepting that and so grateful for their feedback. It was really like kind of a beautiful moment. And I was like, this is why I love her. This is why she's one of my favorite people. Truly. It's truly special. I just, I always find it like really heartwarming and special when the athletes take (laughs) so much time. Like there were so many people lined up and she was like, absolutely. I'm not even, I'm thinking about leaving until I talk to and take photos with anyone here who wants that opportunity. And then she Irish goodbye for real because I was like, where did she go? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to walk her out and we got stopped like, half a dozen times on the way out the door, you know? Um, But it was fun. And we stayed late. Like, you you had to leave. I think we stayed. uh, Bruce is in the chat. He can confirm this. I think we were there till like 1130. I'm pretty sure. And uh, and then I walked back to the hotel and got stopped in the hotel bar. And then I was up to 230 or close to three, probably. Oh, my gosh. You should have texted me. I was awake, too, because the baby was awake from 1 to 430. Oh, you should come and party with us. We were having fun in the the hotel bar over at the Intercontinental. I should have. I should. It was have. cool though. I was, you know, it was. Um, I don't know what the right way to describe it. It was humbling and fun, and I got to meet so many people that I had never met before that listened to the show. And you know, you forget. Like, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, I forget sometimes people actually listen to the stuff and they like take stock in our opinions and yeah. the things we're looking at, and and they appreciate it and. Like you lose that when you don't talk to people daily or on, on the regular, you know? And so it's, it's very humbling and special and different. And I like, I can't even tell enough gratitude of how happy I was. There were that many people there and, and how much it meant to me. So I love it. We should do it at every event that we end up at. I think we're going to do it at the games. (gasps) OMG. Yeah. We'll we'll partner with Ben for the other podcast, Scale and Bail. Ben has a place, um, 
that we used last year. I was kind of a part of it last year, but it was really a wide prep party. But, you know, we kind of positioned it with, hey, John will be there too. And a bunch of people showed up and it's a cool bar. And I think we can do that again uh, and make it kind of a joint kettlebells and cocktails and scale and bail and wide prep and, and really pack the place. Uh, It's not a huge place though, but it would be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. I'm in. I will tell Matt to watch the baby again so I can party (laughs) without him. Actually, I'm actually really excited for games. We just booked, um, we just booked the trip to go with, uh, like our best friends who also have a a young baby. And so it's going to be really fun having like the two couples and the two young kids and figuring out like, okay, moms are going to go do this or dads are going to push the strollers around or whatever. I'm just excited. Like, it's going to be fun. I don't, I always have to work. And the last couple of years has been fun because Matt has been with me and I've gotten to share, you know, I have very little downtime, but I've gotten to share that downtime with him. I've never really had like friends come with me. There have been years where friends kind of like were there on their own or showed up or I just sort of saw them around. But like this, I feel like because they got a house and I probably will have to stay on site or, or part of both just to kind of like get to meetings and right. <laughs> 6 a.m. call time or whatever it's going to be. But I just feel like for the first time ever, we're really like kind of planning a little group trip. Maybe more friends will come with us too. And in my very small amount of time, downtime, it'll be really special to share it with. I love it. People I love. Yeah. Did, uh, did I tell you I ran into Don Fall multiple times? I did not see him. That's not fair. Not, not <laughs> only were I into him, but I, I got a chance to talk to him several times. So um, it was funny. First time I ran into, first of all, um, I'm always impressed by this guy. Truly. Always. And, you know, I, I know I'm going to get shit for being in cahoots, but. But I, you know, right. I, I'm I'm trying to remain cautiously optimistic, like yeah. with the whole issue with Eric and all that crap that went down. Like I'm like, all right, I'm I want to like stay at a distance, pal. Like you know what I mean? Mm, like let me okay. make sure you're the real deal. But uh, first day I saw him, I was walking through the Intercontinental, and I will set this up in the fact that he's been on our podcast one time. So mm-hmm. I, and I had met him in person one time. So we physically have laid eyes on each other twice and we swapped DMs maybe three times. Okay. So it's not like I've had a ton of interactions with the guy. Right? It sounds like you're completely in cahoots. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm <laughs> setting up because it's important. So I'm walking to the Intercontinental. I'm about 30 yards away. He looks me square in the eye and he goes, hey, John, just like that, like instant recognition. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying that to make myself look good. Like that's you know, like people that are leaders and, and typically like, like you hear this often about people like Bill Clinton and Obama yeah, and, yeah. and Bush and presidents usually, but also CEOs, they're really good at recognizing people and remembering names. Like that's a sign yeah. of like a really sharp mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And so also, also serial killers just throw Yeah. Also there. serial killers. So I guess there mm-hmm. is that, but that moment was cool. Uh, but then I ran into him uh, over at the affiliate tent. You know, they have the CrossFit tent uh, there outside of Vendor Village. And I had my co-owner, Jen, was with me. And he gave her about 15 minutes of time. And again, like kind of like Danny, he locked in on her. And the world could have been burning down. He was focused on what she was telling him. And he was asking real questions. Like when when we talked to Eric, who I like, so this is not a, a slam on Eric. I felt like when Eric asked questions... He, um, 
he was kind of looking past you. Like he's asking the questions he knows he needs to ask, but he knows what he wants to do. I feel Mm -hmm. like when Don asks questions, he's asking the questions he wants answers to so he can do something about it, Mm -hmm. which is really, uh, that's, there's a huge difference there, you know? And so he was really asking her really pointed questions around what can they do better? And what did she think of this? And what did she think of that? And how have we done here? Um, which I thought was really cool. Uh, it was also kind of funny. Like he said to me, like at the end, he's like, Hey, if there's ever anything we need to do better, you know, please let us know. And I'm like, Oh, Eric, you'll, I'm so sorry, uh, Don, you'll see it in the memes, <laughs> you know? And he's like, Oh, we know we will, you know, which I thought was funny that he thought that was clever, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like they're kind of wanting that, you know? And so yeah. I, I came away, this is, you know, second or third time I've talked to him, but the, you know, kind of the first time in a, you know, in close setting where I'm really impressed with them. And, you know, again, my cautious optimism is moving far closer to just pure optimism that we're absolutely on the right track and that, um, you know, he's making a lot of good decisions. So I'm feeling pretty good about him. It was cool. Very cool moment. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I didn't get a chance to meet him, but it's on my, it's on my to-do list. Maybe the he's, next he's a super nice guy. He's really, uh, he's funny. Yeah. Like we, we were walking back into the intercontinental uh, a couple of days later and he was coming out and he held the door open for us. And I was carrying a box as the swag for our party. And I was carrying the box and he's like, Oh, I'll get the door for you. I'm like, well, I've been waiting for you to hold the door open for me, Don. And he's like, I'm just here to serve John. Just here to serve. You know, <laughs> where you know? is this swag for our party? Well, I had, um, I had some, um, Backpacks. I gave one to Jessica and I gave oh. one to a fan of the show that I knew separately. And then we had two that we gave to uh, Forging Youth Resilience and they yes. auctioned them off. And we actually, I don't know if you know this, we raised $500 for their charity at that party. Yeah, no, I know. I'm so, I'm well aware. And it was actually the first time I really had a chance to sit down and chat with them for a little while on on yep. the recent efforts and everything else that they had going on. So I was very grateful for that. Yep moment to to get a better understanding of where they're at, which they're doing some really amazing things. Oh, they do great things. They're, you know, they're giving mentorship to young kids that live in uh, kind of, you know, we'll just call them tough neighborhoods or, you know, uh, under, you know, under-resourced neighborhoods and they give them mentorships and, and, and put them through fitness and, and teach them this and get them scholarships. And, you know, it's just a great, great program. And uh, I had invited them and I went to Tupood and said, Hey, can we get some merch? And they gave me some backpacks and our belts and our t-shirts uh, and some tape, you know, some workout tape. And we bundled them all up and we auctioned off a couple of those. And they had a couple of things they auctioned off and raised 500 bucks at that party. And that's awesome. pretty cool, you know, yeah. like helping their charity. And we're going to do a lot more work with them um, for sure. Cause they're just, you know, they're helping a lot of young kids and it's a, it's a cool charity to work with. So I love that. It's good stuff. And, and thanks to Tupood for doing that because. Oh my God. Yeah. They certainly didn't have to, but it was good stuff. So what this, was your. It was. Oh, I was going to say, what's your favorite part of the week? Would you, what, what, you bundled it up. Do you have one favorite thing or multiple things? I, well, I think, I think the party was my favorite thing. So we already talked about that. So I think my second favorite thing was 
getting to cover the team competition because it's just so unique to Wadapalooza, like that three-person team. And there were teams were so stacked and they were like so many fun, big names that were working out together that, you know, sometimes you see them together all the time, like the the boys. Uh, but sometimes it's like a really weird right. team, like the Roman Krennikov, uh, right. uh, you know what I mean? Where... Oh my God, I'm blanking on names because they were in my brain so hard last week that they're not now. Willie George. We're like, they don't speak this, like not, and right. none of them speak the same language on that team. Like what the heck? And it's just, it was just so fun and different and unique and special. And so, so covering that was really, really fun for me. I think for me, it was, um, see, it occurred to me kind of middle of the week that events like this, whether it's, Wadapalooza or the games or whatever is like, it's like almost like a family, uh, you know, you're reuniting with family, mm-hmm. you know, and um, just seeing all these people I don't get to see very often, you know, and, and some of it and, and meeting people you only talk to online. And I had so many instances like that. Like I'll give you a few, like I'm standing in Vendor Village. Mine, I was meaning probably like posting something and here's somebody go, Oh, Hey mate. And I turn around, it's James Newberry. Right who stopped to talk to me. Now he's wearing glasses and a hat. So nobody knows who he is, but he stopped to talk to me. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, is this really happening? Like James is like a guy I've always looked up to, but he's stopping because he saw me and he knows me, you know, we've somehow become friendly or friends, you know, um, at another moment at downtown strength, I went down there to work out and Freya Mooseburger was there with Pat. Oh owner. yeah. Great. And I've never met her in person, but as soon as I came in, she's like, John, and she gives me a hug. And she's like, I'm here working out with Pat. Next thing I know, I'm on the echo bike next to Pat, you know, and I look like an idiot because I'm barely pedaling and he's just, you know, you know, just railing off 50 calories in a minute. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and Freya's next to me. I literally turned to her and I'm like, don't be intimidated by this fitness, Freya. <laughs> like, I know I'm probably stressing you out. Um, but then beyond that, it was like meeting people I've only talked to online that aren't athletes was just as cool for me. Yeah. So it wasn't like running into James and running into Freya because they're athletes. Oh, I'm such a big deal. No, it's like meeting Alonzo, for instance, on the floor was really cool. I, we have a fan of the show. Her name's Mary. And I love this woman so much. Like she comments on everything. She listens to all of our shows, like does it all. And I saw her half a dozen times while I was there. And like getting to meet people like that is just gives you these cool moments. Matter of fact, you'll love this, Nikki. I'm yeah. in the stands afterwards talking to her and she listens to scale and bail as well as this show. And on scale and bail, for those that haven't listened to it, we give tips about what to do in workouts and you know, how to scale workouts and when you should take breaks and when you shouldn't and that sort of thing. And um, she says to me, she had, was watching my workout. She had watched the whole thing from in then she's like, Hey John, I have a question. She's really sweet. You know, she's, she goes, Hey John, I have a question for you. I'm like, what's that? She's like, well, I was watching you out there in the burpees and the, and the D ball workout and on scale and bail, you always, always say, don't rest at the bottom when you're on the ground, rest to the top when you're fully standing so you can breathe. But you were resting at the bottom the whole time. What was going she on? She calls you out on <laughs> your bullshit. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I was tired. What do you want from me? Like I was exhausted, you know, but you know, getting to meet. You know, people like that. It was just. Uh, I love that. It was just really yeah. a special moment. We saw Craig and Jazz. They came on the show while so we were there. Fun. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I could probably sit here and just talk about the 
hundred people I had a chance to talk to, but uh, just really special. It's like being back with family. Yeah, you know? it, it it does. It totally feels like a family reunion. It, it always feels that way too for me with the people that I work with. Like some of my very, very best friends in the world are the MC team that I've just known now for like 10 years. And that's like right. Logan and Britt and Mike and Larry and those people. And whenever we get together, it totally feels like Christmas because yeah. it's like, they feel like family. I talk to them all year round. Like they're very, very close friends of mine, but we see each other like two, three times a year. And, and so it's like, you know, you can't hug hard enough. <laughs> like right. You really can't. It's so, it's so wonderful when we all have well, a chance to be together. And I like barely got a chance to see them this time. Ugh, we could do a whole so episode on Larry's mustache, actually, if we wanted to. And you should. And we it's should. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> he was, I don't know, did he tell you that he like, so Larry is, Larry is like a consummate um, a, a CrossFit MC, but he's also like a SWAT sergeant. Yeah, he's a cop. So yeah. He's a, he's he's a so hardcore badass. cop. He's great. Um, and <laughs> he was telling me that like one of his crowning achievements was like editing the beard and mustache rule for his unit where it's like it's been like 15 years in the making he's been trying to make it so that he can grow a damn like fu manchu or whatever and he finally did it because i saw him and i was like what's that caterpillar on your lip what's happening and he was like i'm finally doing it and he felt so happy about it so there's little things you don't know behind the people who are the voices of crossfit you know what's funny to me about us is like it just occurred to me we've been talking for an hour we've yet to talk about a single person that won an event right the athletes <laughs> like, would you like to recap what happened no, i don't i don't want to recap the athletes i don't care about the events it was fun seeing them like i there are plenty of shows that do that all, all the other shows do a great job recapping the events go listen to all of them coffee pods and wads clydesdale uh savant show i know you don't want me to say that but they all do a great job like go listen to those i don't care but that's not our thing, you know? Yeah. I like, seeing, I like seeing them. They're fun, you know, and, and running into the athletes is cool. It was good to see Ricky win. No offense to those that didn't Hell win. Hell yeah. No. I mean, if, if people are offended by that, then like move on, come on. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought it was great. Like, and you know, I, I thought the team events were fun. I thought, um, Paige powers winning. Like I didn't see that coming. Oh, crushed, and I should, crushed. I need to admit on the air. You were right. I told this to Danny, by the way. I need to tell you this story. So on our last show, on our preview for Waza, you said Danny was going to make the podium. And I said, yep. nope, she's not going to. And she made the podium. And so when she came to our party, I'm like, Danny, I got to apologize to you. Nikki called you making the podium. And I said, you ain't got a chance. <laughs> like I straight up told her. I'm like, <laughs> you ain't I, shit. I'm like, Danny, I love you, but I didn't think you had a chance and you killed it. You know, and she laughed and she gave me a hug, you know. Um, and I still feel bad, you know, because I hate. I wasn't rooting against her, but you know, I hate you have close friends. You're like, you want them to win, but you're not sure they can, you know? And Oh my God. You could have, you could have tossed a coin and named any one sure. of those athletes on the female roster, oh, any roster, every field was stacked every single one. So yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah. made it fun though. That made it like solid as far as competition goes. You know what else is weird this year? I noticed this first year I've noticed this, um, at the games, these athletes can't walk around. And I, I know why the difference is. Like in Miami, it's full of people from Florida, typically. I know there's a lot of people flying in, but there mm -hmm. are a lot of Floridians there. Mm -hmm. 
which means they're not the hardcore CrossFit fans. They're just CrossFitters that want to come down for the party. You know, at the games, if you go to the games, you're a hardcore fan, right? And so these guys can't walk around. I ran into Justin Medeiros three or four mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Just walking around like, you know, he was kind of jogging to where he wanted to go. So he wouldn't get stopped a thousand times. But you don't see those guys even backstage at the games because they can't even move without getting mobbed. Yeah, that's true. I think, too, like just vibe wise, like this is not a CrossFit competition. We are out of season. And so yeah. I think that the pressure is really off for the athletes. Like it's right. wicked fun. Bruce is saying it. We like to party. Yeah, it's a party. Um, it's, it's it a is a party. party. It's wicked fun. And it's it's an excellent kind of like test to see just generally where people are at before the open. But like in their training cycles, no one's peaking right now. Yep. You know what I mean? And so it's really just, it's really just chill. It's yep. a, just a far different vibe. Like everything is on the line when we get to the games and granted, like, yes, people are like working out for money and it's not just all fun and games when you're a CrossFit athlete, like you gotta, you gotta be serious if you want to do well, but even the three person competition, like there's no chance you can't qualify for shit. So it's just fun. And I just think that makes it like a totally different atmosphere. I was trying to think anything else I wanted to talk about. Um, I had to give a shout out. Um, I don't know how often you got in Vendor Village. I ran into Travis, who runs Vindicate T-shirt company. And I, I have kind of known that guy online for a while. Super dude. Makes great stuff. Dude was working his ass off. Next to him was Paper Street Coffee. And Gabe, the guy that owns it, came over and gave me some nitro coffee and a hot coffee in the middle of the day because I must have looked like I was dying. He saved oh. my effing life. Nice. And... This is non-sponsored. He has not asked me to do this, but I'm telling you, his coffee's freaking great. So if Ooh. you guys want to buy some great coffee, go to Paper Street Coffee and get some. It was amazing and a super nice dude. And he didn't have to do that. And he did. And I just really appreciated it. So nice. I have yeah, shout outs. I have shout outs. Um, shout out to the, the Proven team that gave me a jacket when I was freezing my buns oh, off. Cool. I saw oh Shane. My God. I talked to Shane. Yes, I did too. I did too, which was really fun. I had a chance to chat with him a little bit about just like what their year is looking like. So this is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, you know, obviously like they're so excited to welcome their little bundle of joy. And he said to me that it was interesting because, you know, of course there have been times in the past where they've taken a break from training maybe due to illness or injury and volume was way down, but there's always been the goal, the immediate goal to get back to it. It's like, oh, as soon as we're healed up or like as soon as we feel better or whatever it may be. And so because Tia has taken the volume way down because she's truly finding a brand new way to listen to her body, this is the first time that they've really entered a season where the volume has been so low and there is no immediate goal. And I just think that that is really profound because it is such a shift in mindset and it's such a shift in priority and it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful to see. But the one thing that he did say that I thought was also very interesting was, you know, a lot is pending a lot about how she feels a lot about how delivery goes a lot about how having a child kind of like affects them in their lives a lot of that is pending but he did say that there's a little bit of a goal on the horizon to be somehow involved in a crossfit competition by the end of 
2023. So like in what capacity he said he didn't know. And I think that's interesting. It's like probably still in the game. (laughs) But it's like, does she, does she enter like a community division somewhere or a team thing or a scale thing? Or, you know, it, that, that will be really interesting to me or, or does she just like, you know, give birth and then just go do ring muscles. Who knows? My prediction Tia wins the games. Her baby finishes second. Mal finishes third. That's my prediction. <laughs> Entirely oh. possible. But I Done. thought that was really, I thought that was a great conversation. And just the pride in Shane's voice in talking about like his growing family is really, it could bring a tear to my eye. It was really, really wonderful. Oh my like, bro, you're so, the first yeah. person to knock Tia off the podium in th- seven years. Good job, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. So you. shout out to them also because they had jackets and it was so cold. It was so cold, John. It was so yeah, cold. I know. Oh, it was 40 God. degrees. I'm sure you were dying. It was I was losing it. I was, well, I had to be out, like, I was out there not moving just in the cold. So it felt extra right. cold. And by the second day of cold weather for teens at the end of the weekend, I was wearing leggings under my pants. It was really rough. I, but yeah, I, so that was because I don't really know him that well. So this isn't like, oh, just like, talking about a buddy like i only kind of know shane like we've talked i don't know less than half a dozen times and and never in person ever and that he is the nicest dude truly like really like he really like i mean he knew me when he saw me i'm like hey shane he's like oh hey john and we sit there and we talked for 15 minutes and he's engaging and like he pays attention and you know i like that's a big thing to me is like if you're talking to somebody, are they looking at you or are they looking past you? Mm-hmm. And he's like focused on you, and um, he's a nice guy. So, and mm-hmm. I knew they were nice anyway. So it's just nice, like in person, to see that play to be actual fact. You know, yeah. it was cool. Yeah. It was a cool moment. So, um, yeah. So that was that was it was a lovely catching up with him. Also, um, oh my god, shout out to. Um, Mike Halpin, who is my stage manager, but was also like, he's just so, he's like this analytical brain. He's kind of like, like we've talked about Brian Friend. We've talked about Chad Schroeder. Like there are some really wonderful people who work within the CrossFit space. We have a tongue. Oh, a bean tongue. Tongue sticking out. What is wrong with you, buddy? Tired. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you, but being one. Oh, no, that's fine. There are um, there are a couple really great people who work within the CrossFit space who are just like total data nerds and they can like regurgitate so-and-so had this lift and set this record at this competition and she won this event back in 2015. So she's probably going to do well on this here. And it's like, they just know this stuff. Um, and Mike was like that. So he was my stage manager and he was like my direct comms to the truck, but he also helped so much in guiding the things that we all said on the broadcast. And so that was really helpful. Um, And then just, you know, a million other people who helped all weekend. You need to get to semis. We'll have fun in Orlando. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. We'll see. I don't know. I never like to say until like my, you know, plane tickets are officially booked or whatever, but I've not heard anything yet about who's doing what. So. Well, Bean looks drunk. Bean does look drunk. Why is his tongue sticking out like this? Why is it like still out? What if you touch it? <laughs> <laughs> Would he bite you? No. Well, I'm rubbing his tummy. He likes this. He likes sitting up and oh. sitting in my lap like this. He's an idiot. <laughs> he's an idiot. He is. <laughs> he, he's been in a weird place since I got home. He, uh, you know, he's gone for a whole week, obviously, like a full week. 
and which I don't, I rarely do. And, uh, he was out of sorts, man. Mm. When I got home, like he has not left me alone. He has been all over me all week long. It's been fun. Oh, it's like having a baby. He did. It is like having a baby. He's ruining his reputation of being a jerk. You know? Well, Just give it, like, give it another week. He'll yeah. get right back there. Well, it was a fun week. We finally got our picture together. We got a couple yes. of pictures together. So that was super fun. We got some pictures of Danny, which we don't get to do very often. So that was fun too. And mm-hmm. now we've got to look forward to semis and the games and figure out what else happens in between all of that. So Stuff happens in between that? I guess the well, open hopefully, I've got. I have a bunch of stuff in the works, Nikki. I have a bunch of stuff in the works. That's and, awesome. Um, so we're going to see. I really do. It's a lot of stuff even I haven't told you about. And uh that we'll get to off the air, but you know, you know, cause you just never know like what's going to come to fruition. What isn't, but yeah, of course I'm, I'm excited about the future CrossFit, what's going on the direction of the company and the, the fans and, you know, just the growth and, and my affiliate and everything else. So I think it's going to be a good year for us. And yeah, then, I agree. Okay. And we'll have some fun guests coming up as soon as I can get them all booked. Please. <laughs> so. Uh, so what we will have coming up, we'll have two episodes um, from the games. We had uh, Craig and Jazz from HustleMade and Team Richie on YouTube, which is where most people know them. So I have not even listened back to these, so I can't even promise like what the what they're going to sound like. Uh, and then we had Carbon Fiber John uh, from um, he's an adaptive athlete, uh, missing his leg from the knee down. And really inspirational dude. That was a fun conversation. And the cutest dog ever with a little best cord. dog. Yeah, best, best dog. boy. And that was a fun conversation. And I think we need to get him back in a quieter setting at some point. Um, but we'll release those, you know, in a few days. And uh, everybody can hear them. But and then, you know, we'll get back to our regular routine. Sound yeah. good? Sounds perfect. All right. Well, this has been fun, as always. Yeah. I'm so glad we got a chance do, but- yeah, and I'm I'm so glad we got a chance to just talk through like our experiences because that was it was so fun. I barely saw you. That was I my know. only regret from the entire week. By the week was over, I'm like, damn, I only saw Nikki like two or three times at the most. And it was when we were podcasting. You True. Know? I mean, I expect yeah. that because you're working. Like, but at the games, I feel like I run into you, and I feel like the production crew at Wadapalooza is like kind of insulated. Like you have to be backstage, and I didn't have a VIP pass or a media pass, and. I wasn't even trying to like go watch the event. So I just wasn't seeing you at all. It was just like, that's my only kind of yeah. disappointment. But. Yeah. We also had like no breaks. It right. was like truly like start, start the broadcast first thing in the morning. And then like until eight 30, we're still in meetings and doing stuff. So I'm tired. All right. Well, you need to go to bed and Let's for everyone it. listening, appreciate you guys joining us tonight and uh, we'll be back with you guys soon. Have a good night.